So, Dave, favorite Christmas song of all time? Favorite Christmas song ever. Gosh. Um, uh, I'll be home for Christmas. And the earliest you can listen to Christmas music without it being strange? And the day after Thanksgiving. Well, that's going to make this next part a little awkward. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Chamber Podcast. You know, now that trick-or-treaters are filling up dental offices all over the country, the holidays are coming, and they're coming fast. But we've got you covered with three unique holiday video greeting cards that you can send to your members this holiday season. Head on over to freshchambers.com or click on the link below. Enter the coupon code PODCAST at checkout to get 20% off your holiday video greeting cards. Your members are going to love them. All right, back to the show. Today on the show, we have Dave Atkinson, President and CEO of the Kentucky State Chamber of Commerce. And Dave has some great advice to share with us today. Episode 10 of the Chamber Podcast starts right now. Here's where the magic begins to make change happen. The human voice. It's the most powerful sound in the world. Getting curious about something and diving in. One of the things that I enjoy more than anything else is learning new things. Welcome to the Chamber Podcast. Well, Dave, sorry about the uh, holiday music there, and welcome to the show. Why don't we start with a little bit about your background in the chamber world? I'm a native of Kentucky. I was born and raised in Owensboro, Kentucky, and after college went to work at the local chamber there. was fortunate enough to get on the chamber staff at the Owensboro Chamber of Commerce, which is a small city in western Kentucky. And then uh, after a stint in politics, actually returned to the Owensboro Chamber, then the Birmingham, Alabama Metropolitan Chamber invited me to come down and be president there for six years. Uh, after that, the Kentucky Chamber called me, the State Chamber of Kentucky, and called and invited me to come and head up the State Chamber. So that's what I've been doing for the last 10 years. Now, Dave, you're the first statewide chamber that we've had on the program. How do you connect and work with local Chamber of Commerce executives? A major priority of the Kentucky Chamber, when, when they invited me to come and lead the chamber in 2005, 10 years ago, was to reestablish a relationship with the local chambers, which they feel like had um, been uh, weakened and in some cases was non-existent. And so that was a major priority when I came back. Uh, the chamber leadership here had already taken upon themselves to add about eight ex officio members, uh, the eight largest chambers in the state, geographically spread across the state in, in roughly a regional disbursement. Uh, they asked the president of those eight chambers to come on to the Kentucky Chamber Board as ex officio members. So my board at the Kentucky Chamber has 60 elected members, eight or nine local chamber executives who serve ex officio and then we have maybe a half dozen other ex-officio members from economic development, higher education, et cetera. So that established a very good relationship between local chambers and the state chamber by actually bringing some of them onto the board of directors. And then I brought an idea from the Alabama uh, chamber and uh, immediately approached the local chamber association in Kentucky, which was a volunteer organization, uh, and asked them if they would be willing to go 50-50 on hiring a full-time executive director for their association. 50% would be paid for by the state chamber, and 50% would be paid for by the local chamber association. 
called KCCE, Kentucky Chamber of Commerce Execs. And so we have had that relationship for 10 years. It's worked beautifully. Um, roughly half of our executive director's time is for professional development for the local chambers, heading up their association, just doing all the things you would normally do as the executive of an association. The other half is helping our state chamber get its messages and its content and its product out to local chambers so they can use it to our mutual advantage. Dave, in your past experience and in your current position, why do you think that a chamber can have a strong legacy for any given community? Well, it's funny that you mention that because I was just asked to write an article um, about local chambers, which uh, might end up uh, in a national publication. Uh, and I went back and looked at some research that I had done when I was at the chamber in my hometown, Owensboro, Kentucky. We were doing a special publication for the newspaper because we were dedicating a new building, and so we went back and looked at the history of our chamber. And we decided to take the perspective of what things that we know in our community have been created from within the chamber. And we ended up listing 10 or 12 different organizations that are now institutions in that community, a community college that enrolls over 4,000 people started with a higher education committee of the chamber. The Visitors and Convention Bureau started within the chamber. The Industrial Foundation, which has recruited several dozen industries to that community, started from within the chamber back after World War II. Uh, the Leadership Program, the Main Street Program, the um, Performing Arts Center, which is about a $40 million complex, started with a committee of the Owensboro Chamber. A bridge that costs several hundred million dollars linking Kentucky and Indiana there at that community started with the Owensboro Chamber. So we went back and took a perspective of a chamber over a period of decades. Most of us in the chamber world think in terms of, you know, when's our next board meeting, when's our next annual meeting, when's our next membership drive. We actually took the perspective of decades and found that all these different institutions that have shaped that community started from within the chamber. Either the chamber was the catalyst for those institutions or was the vehicle that business leaders chose through which to implement those institutions. So it was really a profound influence that those have had on a, that one chamber has had on its community. And I've said since that experience, combining that experience with my chamber experience, if you gave me four years to change my community, I'd want to be the mayor. If you gave me 20 years to change the community, I'd want to be the chamber exec because a chamber exec can be there helping shape the community over a period of years, helping doing the planning, the strategic thinking that it will take to really let your community be competitive and to grow and prosper. So that's, in just a phrase, that's how I would kind of sum it up. Changing a community is a, is a wonderful opportunity, and I think it's a great, very noble life's calling. Let's switch gears for a second, Dave. Um, Obviously, in the last 10 years, things have changed quite a bit. If you think back 10 years ago, we didn't have iPads, iPhones, Facebook, things like that. And so members, I think, have changed the way that they do business. Here's my question to you. What do you think today's members are looking for from the chamber? Yeah, I find that very few chamber members, especially with a state chamber, but I think this is true for many local chambers also, very few chamber members are join, joining out of the traditional sense of civic responsibility. You know, oh, we ought to be a member of the chamber, so here's a check. That, I think, is 
decreasing, um, in some cases, precipitously. On the other hand, members who believe that the chamber is a place where progress can be made, that the chamber is a serious organization, that it does serious work, that it wakes up in the morning, goes to bed at night, thinking about the growth and development and economic prosperity of the citizens there, people are willing to invest in that. I think most chambers have since long since made the jump to uh, looking for investors as opposed to just members. There are a variety of other constituents out there, too, uh, that I think we have to nurture. Uh, certainly, we have members at the Kentucky Chamber that help us keep the doors open, but we also have uh, contributors that give to causes that we endorse but aren't necessarily members. We've actually gotten more money to our foundation from private foundations in the last three years than all the new membership revenue that we've generated from a relatively aggressive membership team. So the nature of our income is changing. The nature of how people affiliate with us is changing. And I think we've got to be very aware of that. Special thanks to Dave Atkinson with the Kentucky State Chamber for joining us on the podcast today. If you want to do something unique, fresh and different this holiday season, something that won't tear a hole in your budget, but still wow your members, be sure to head over to freshchambers.com and check out our latest resource, three stunning holiday video greeting cards. Thanks for tuning in this week, and we'll see you right back here next week on the Chamber Podcast.